0: Okay, I also am recording very good uh so if um uh how'd you do a podcast again?
1: I've forgotten um wait see everybody else like I've never been the one who who introduces the the thing um hang on let me think about like what other people do um i know
0: i have to sync us up that's the bit
1: that yes
0: i have to go three two one then on the on a fourth beat we have to clap our hands together so that when conrad lovely boy uh does the edit on it he can uh, use that as a as an anchor point and that's how you make a podcast that is how you.
1: I, I mean, I think that you have to have like uh, jokes on it as well.
0: Oh, we don't. We don't just clap and then stop recording and send it to Conrad.
1: I. I think we have to like do jokes for like an hour. Jokes.
0: All right. I'll. I'll try and think of some.
1: Boners, boners. That's a that's, that's a, a joke, right?
0: That's a quality joke. Boners are funny because they're they're erect penises. Yeah, and they're usually. like they're
1: intrusive. They're intrusive. Is uh, I, I actually I had a friend explain this to me over a decade ago that the reason penises are funny is because they're intrusive.
0: They are. They just sort of get in the way. They they sort of burrow in and barge in and get in. And they're just like, oh, hey, guys, what's going on here? Like that. Like you're just trying to get on with your life. And then a penis just shoves itself in your mouth. And, and you can hear it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might have been confusing that with the dream I had.
1: That's a fucking good dream.
0: Shit. I mean, I woke up covered in spunk. So a penis might have been there for real. Covered in it covered in it it wasn't so much a wet dream as it was a tidal dream i feel like there may have been multiple penises involved Steph. there might have been you don't hear about wet dreams so much anymore do you
1: you know you really don't
0: when i was younger it's all you would ever hear about it was like oh god did you wet dream last night <laughs> yeah mate yeah mate yeah fucking wet dreamed all over the place mate yeah i'm so virile um but you, you no one talks about
1: them anymore it's like ram raiding Or the Bermuda Triangle. (gasps) You never hear about the Bermuda Triangle anymore. I think the last time I heard about the Bermuda Triangle was when you did your video about Anthem. Like, apparently that was the basic idea that... Like, the first actual idea that they had for Anthem was, like, what if the Bermuda Triangle...
0: At this point, that'd be a fairly esoteric premise. Because no one... You're right, like... Same goes for quicksand. I think that's been pointed out by other media before, that we don't really talk about
1: quicksand anymore. We really don't. And like it's not it's not part of our media in general anymore, is quicksand. No, no, not really. It's
0: come up a little bit, in not explicitly mentioned as such, but I have been playing the new Inspired Man. Uh, the Inspired Man came out the sequel to the original in Spider-Man on the PlayStation the 4th. And Sandman is the first baddie that oh, you fight in it. I right? like right the, at the beginning Man. of the game. I like him. Oh, he fucking brought me a dream the other day, and it was the sweetest one that I've ever seen, and he fucked me up the ass. You save a guy near the beginning, and he is sinking in the sand. And they don't make a big deal out of it being quicksand. And he's not, like, holding onto a vine, which cartoons told me is the only way you really get out of quicksand, is if you grab a vine. And I used to be terrified of that because you don't get vines in England.
1: You also don't get quicksand. Oh yeah, I'd have been alright. You know, speaking of that, um, one place I do see quicksand a lot, I swear to God I'm not trying to do this on every fucking Trash Girl Diaries, which is the name of this podcast, Hello... This is the introduction now. Oh, yeah, this is the introduction. It's been a it has yeah. been quite some time. But yes, I am Elsa Farron. You are Stephanie Sterling, and you're fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, because so, I, I feel like so far my performance on this podcast has uh, not been indicative of that.
1: See, well you 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 provided a hook. You provided the
0: quicksand. That's true. I sent for hook and then provided it. I
1: swear. I'm not always like just looking for excuses to bring this up, but one yeah. area in which quicksand is is almost as common as it is in, in the horrifying tales that people told to children in the nineteen nineties, um, is Final Fantasy fourteen.
0: Oh, Final Fantasy? Yes. We do not mention that on here. It's like ram raiding. Uh, you just don't mention it like on this show anymore. You, I mean, you never hear that Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy.
1: Not really a not really a thing so much.
0: No, anymore. not anymore. Um, I mean, if you've played Final Fantasy fifteen, then you can tell that Final Fantasy isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> that game is all
1: right. I like that um,
0: game. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's pretty good. Uh, but yes, Final Fantasy fourteen and Quicksand.
1: Yes. uh... Well for starters quicksand actually does show up in in boss fights from time to time. Excellent. The game recently patched and there was a, a new instanced dungeon added in which we you fight a creature that that can create like a huge pool of quicksand and you have to run out of it but you are slowed down by it. So it's uh you have to be quicker on your feet than you think. Additionally, one of the Three cities that you can start the game in. Uh, Ul'dah has a sort of tavern, sort of social club area called the, the Quicksand. Oh, and on the server on which I play Final Fantasy XIV, the Quicksand has a a reputation that is, if anything, the reputation doesn't really do it justice for 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 the sorts of folks that hang out in the quicksand on the Balmung server of Final Fantasy XIV. You you see people getting up to some shit, perhaps literally.
0: Are they fucking in there? Oh, yeah. Are they fucking in the quicksand?
1: They're fucking in the quicksand. They're getting deep in that quicksand.
0: Sinking into that quicksand.
1: As they sink into each other. And sink further into the depths of depravity,
0: chafing, and all of that. For real, because sand—sand's quite—sand is quite dry. So it's not the sexiest sort of. It's kind of the 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 last thing you want in your crack.
1: Yeah, well, you know, spoilers for Final Fantasy sixteen, but tell that to Clive. Mmm. You're on a beach, mate. Why are you? Taking that time to fuck the chick. Like, good for you. Took you long enough, but Jesus Christ.
0: It's not the most inappropriate place for video game coitus. I think that trophy uh, still is safely in the hands of Heavy Rain, the Quantic Dream Uh. classic, where Uh. there is a sex scene, because uh, obviously there is, because uh, Quantic Dream wants you to know that their games are very mature, very very mature very very adult discussing and uh, examining very very meaningful grown-up themes like doing a sex and doing a funny chinese accent like these are all the things that are emotional and mean so much to me as a designer <laughs> that... obviously there's a sex scene in heavy rain
1: that brings me back the fucking the the david cage voice emotions
0: emotions. I've, I've met Elliot Page. No big deal. It is a very big deal. I've met Willem Dafoe.
1: Fucking wish I could meet Elliot Page.
0: I would too. I, I would shake his hand and I'd say, you know what? Keep
1: it up, good good fella. Keep, keep up all your good acting. All of your acting. Every minute that Elliot Page exists on the same planet as me and has not kissed me on the mouth, I grow angrier. Uh, you see, I... I
0: was trying not to go there because otherwise I will break down. Inti- if I, sorry, if I try not to think about the fact that like Elliot Page has not like done deep kissing with tongues on it, uh, like on me. Um, and now there's you not done yeah, it on the- you either, and that's just double tragedy. And
1: like it just it like I said, it just pisses me off. But despite all my rage, I have still not kissed Elliot Page.
0: Quite good. Quite Thank good. You. Um I'll tell you what else, um like where there also wasn't kissing. Um two people that hadn't kissed are the two characters that fuck in heavy rain. Ethan Mars and the other one. The the woman one. Is her name Natalie? Let's go with Natalie. Uh I, I call her magic of sleep because there was a line that, that I was uh, working with Destructoid at the time and um, we couldn't stop fucking laughing at like the terrible dialogue in that game. And um, at one point she's very tired and she thinks that uh, maybe the magic of sleep will, uh, will help her feel less tired. Funnily enough, I'm looking at my... As I said that, I was looking at my uh, taskbar on Windows and it literally says Heavy Rain on it. Apparently that's what I've got to look forward to tonight um, on the little weather ticker I've got. Um, actually, Fee and I were out on the town today, and it was fucking pissing it down. But anyway, the the point of all this is is that Ethan, in heavy rain, had just killed a bloke. His son is missing, at, like being like kidnapped by a serial killer, who is making him go through sore like like torture trials to find his son. He just murdered somebody. And then, while he's covered in bandages and blood, and is completely fucked up, Quantic Dream thought that was the point at which there should be a romantic sex scene between two people who didn't really know each other for the amount of, of romantic tension that they tried to convince us they'd had up till now. They didn't know each other. And then they just sort of bashed their faces together. Yeah, and very awkwardly, uh, fuck in a way that is almost indistinguishable from the fucking scene in Team America: World Police.
1: <laughs> the thing that really gets me—I mean, there's a lot of things that get me about Heavy Rain. Uh, fun fact: uh, Heavy Rain is my least favorite video game of all time. Oh, I hate it intensely. Uh, What's I fu- funny
0: is if you'd have said that about ten years ago. People would jump down your
1: fucking throat. I did say it ten years ago, and people <laughs> did jump down my well, throat. Well, there you I was are. was like, no, this is fucking terrible.
0: I mean, they jumped down my throat for saying it was just good and not perfect. Um, very similar, in fact, to the whole Zelda thing. And the thing is, to show you how transient and meaningless a lot of controversies over video game opinions are, we can say now that Heavy Rain... Like, you can straight up say heavy rain fucking sucked and no one cares anymore because none of it's consequential none of this matters
1: so many new products have long since come out it's why nobody fucking cares about the stupid turf wizard game anymore because it was just no. it was the new product nobody cares about and let's face
0: it most of the people that were standing for that were only doing it because of jk rowling's transphobia like a l- A lot of people were making a very deliberate point. In the same way, you know, people flocked to Chick-fil-A when Tucker Carlson was like, support Chick-fil-A because they hate the gays. Which I've talked about before in other podcasts and things was one of the scariest things I ever saw in my time in America was the massive traffic jam that was caused, because I was still living in Mississippi, the massive, massive traffic jam that was caused by people queuing up at the drive-thru for chick-fil-a in the wake of them being criticized for like funding anti-lgbtq plus efforts and and like literally supporting regimes in other countries that were explicitly like violating human rights about it and just seeing people deliberately supporting them to tell the gay community that they were Worth less to them than a chicken fucking sandwich. That was terrifying. Terrifying.
1: Excuse me. It was that.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's that's how that, that was the feeling in in
1: in my heart. The fucked up thing is, like, before it was common knowledge that all of the things about Chick Fil A were common knowledge. I, I I quite enjoyed their their product. Haven't had it in ages uh, now, obviously, but... Yeah. The fucked up thing is, I keep hearing whispers in the wind that they've cut that shit out, and also that they have not. And, um, I just really wish that the fucking media would make up its mind.
0: Yeah. I have never understood the Chick-fil-A thing. Like, it's... I mean, I've said, like, America doesn't know how bad its food is, in general. It's awful garbage food um but i never understood the fascination with chick-fil-a it's always been mediocre like i had some once and i'm like i i is this is this is the manner from heaven that that people speak of and the fact that there are even gay people who are like, yeah, I know they're a terrible company and uh, their executives want me dead, but I just can't say no to that tasty chicken sandwich. Never understood it.
1: Did you get the spicy one?
0: No. If I want spicy food, I've got like a million options.
1: That's the one that like I actually had to think about, you know, how I won't get to eat that spicy chicken sandwich anymore and then just think, oh. That sucks. Because I do like it. It is tasty. But mm. you know, no the 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 regular ones just like it's fine, I guess. Yeah. But like it's a lump of chicken. They're fine. Like they're really popular though in the south where you also have Popeyes. Just go to go to a fucking Popeyes.
0: Yeah. Popeyes was fine. I had that too. Like
1: Love me some Popeyes, I do. I do I, I do love that chicken. From Popeyes? Yes, the, the, the one that's from Popeyes.
0: Oh, I liked their little shrimp baskets. I like
1: shrimp in general. Yeah,
0: but I think that is, you know, one of the reasons why uh, the Wizard game was one of the biggest sort of pre-orders on Steam. Because let's face it, when it came out and everyone saw how fucking mid it was, I doubt many people were flocking it to it just afterwards. another one. And you're right. For all the fuss, all the furor... And by the Führer, I mean, you know, Rowling, of course. <laughs> Do you get that? I was calling her a <laughs> fucking Nazi.
1: The next time I see a photograph of her, I'm going to Photoshop a ugly square moustache onto her.
0: There you go. Um, but I think that's what it was. And ultimately, uh, the game itself... And uh, the game itself never mattered. You know, I tried to make that point when I did the Jimquisition video on that game. And why uh JK Rowling was a problem, which um kind of didn't YouTubers understand it. So angry about
1: that and it made so
0: yeah, I never saw fun. the fallout because I I don't. Like I put a video up and then I just I don't look at exterior reactions to it. I'll get some feedback from social and the comments for a bit. And then I step away from the computer. That
1: is for the best.
0: And I never watch any of those, like, right-wing grifter videos. Oh, God, it must have been about 11, 12 years ago, I watched one, like, this was sort of proto-alright era, I watched one hate video about me, and it disturbed me. I mean, a lot of it was just the usual sort of, like, fat insults, but it was the venom with which it was spouted. The level of... I, I don't know if I've ever heard a tone that dripping with outright passionate hatred for another person. And that's what disturbed me. It wasn't even that it was about me so much. It was a disturbing and disturbed level of hatred as this person talked about what a piece of shit I was, you know, I won't bother mentioning his name, but I haven't watched anyone since. Like, and I've seen names come and go. Like, for a few years, it was one guy that everyone was like, oh, debate him, debate him. He wants to debate you, Sterling. And I just ignore it because I never watched the videos and I, I never cared to. And then there was another guy. Like, names stick around for a couple of years, of these guys, these grifters on YouTube that want to get my attention, um, and then they disappear.
1: Fuck off! Like I, I don't yeah. want to. Like I refuse to engage anyone who who asks for a debate or or no. the whole debate, bro, thing. I just think it doesn't really have much validity. But um, we were talking earlier about the Wizard game and how that was the that was the product of the moment. It was yes Um, for a a very for like a week. Yes, and uh, I would like to actually pivot the discussion to uh, another game that was the product Mm -hmm. Um, because we we talked. I I mentioned earlier that Final Fantasy XIV recently had a patch that you know added a bunch of new content, and another another game that was famous for being the product uh, recently had a patch. Um, And so I took that as an opportunity to replay it um, and actually sink a decent amount of time into it. And the result um, is one of the most emotionally engaging, for better and worse, experiences I can recall having with a video game. And I feel like it's enhanced by the shock that I felt anything playing hmm. Cyberpunk 2077.
0: Cyberpunk the 2077. Yes,
1: and the thing that, sure is that I game. think is interesting, the thing I think is very interesting, because you, hmm. the Cassandra of video games, have, have Hello? said things. Guilty as charged. You've said some shit in your time, Stephanie. Oh, isn't it, though? Isn't it, though? Guilty! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just taken aback by that. That... You sounded like Nathan Lane for a second there. Brief aside, I love Nathan Lane and I would Nathan die for l- Nathan Lane. Absolutely, fucking
0: Lately. I was thrilled the other day when I found out he was still alive. He's kind of inhabited that, that Gene Wilder bracket. Now that Gene Wilder sadly is no longer with us. I think my brain needs one of those guys. Like the actor who you think is dead but isn't. And Gene Wilder was that for many people, and then obviously, you know, has passed away. So I think my brain like has substituted it for Nathan Lane.
1: Nathan Lane uh, is still alive, and so is Matthew Broderick. But anyway. <laughs> the, I, don't, I was just very amused by that. Yeah, they were co-stars in The Lion King and also in The Producers. But anyway. I bring up Cyberpunk because you, as the Cassandra of games media, at one point you actually released a video that said that Cyberpunk should have been delayed for three years instead of, I think, three months. I did. You did say that, and now version 2.0 of the game was recently rolled out along with its first and apparently last bit of downloadable content three years after the original release of the game yes i saw someone on twitter mention this as well that
0: i was literally correct that it took them three years to finish
1: the game yeah that's the thing like having played it now three years after its original release this is the state it should have been released in if they had released it like this Entirely different ballgame in regards to Cyberpunk and maybe in regards to CD Projekt Red's reputation. Because the game as it stands right now, I really, really like it. I would actually go so far as to say that I love it. Ooh. It is endlessly entertaining. Mm-hmm. They may not learn from their own mistakes. We'll see. But they certainly learned from other studios' mistakes. Because you remember that period of time when Bethesda Games would get a famous person to show up in their video game for a cup of coffee and then fuck off?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We got Patrick Stewart for five minutes. We'll we'll stick him in the trailers like he's the star.
1: In Fallout 3 was Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah, it was Liam Neeson, wasn't it? Yeah. But Cyberpunk... like. One thing that does happen in Cyberpunk 2077 is they get some fucking mileage out of Keanu Reeves.
0: That is true.
1: He is very present.
0: Earlier this year I did play I I I never got around to finishing it, but I did play a fair bit of Cyberpunk 2077. I've been tempted to go back, so with this recent update, it might be nice to get sort of an idea for just how finished it is now. Um, but yes, I have played a fair bit of it, and you are absolutely right. They, when they had Keanu Reeves promote this, it's because Keanu Reeves is in this game with a capital "in."
1: He really, really is. I've I've described the game to my friends as the best video game I've ever played that gives you the option, and it's a very good option. To tell Keanu Reeves to go fuck himself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because Keanu Reeves, like, he plays a wanton dickhead in this. God, Johnny Silverhand.
1: Like, And the thing is, like, the more I get into this story and the more I learn about him through conversation, through his memories, through what other people say about him, he's a turd. Yeah, like, not just a jerk. Like, he's a piece of shit. He's a terrible human being with microscopic dick energy <laughs> like and it's it's funny actually because i was thinking about how i i i could use keanu reeves' characters to illustrate big dick energy versus small dick energy because you know john wick needs a wheelbarrow <laughs> johnny silverhand needs a microscope. Johnny Silverhand is just such a swaggering, vapid, arrogant. And like I th- I I I think he is intriguing as a character. He's promoted within the game as this, you know, this legendary figure and then you you encounter the man himself or his ghost, his internet ghost, I guess. I don't know. And it's kind of like not only don't meet your heroes, don't meet anybody's fucking heroes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, One thing I like about that is it not only is it a game actually making use of its celebrity voiceover in a meaningful way, it also turns the idea on its head a little bit as well, because you have Keanu Reeves in a game, you would reasonably expect him to play if not the hero, then the hero's sort of ideal. And the uh either a mentor character or someone we're supposed to look up to. You know, like again, Patrick Stewart in Oblivion. Usually you get a celebrity in, it's not to have them with their likeness as well. Like it, it is Keanu Reeves's face and everything in the game. Oh yeah. And they brought him in to play a complete fucking cock, which you it's sort of um unexpected of of sort of the gimmick of having a celebrity in your game Um, which i think is what i appreciate the most about it is the fact that they brought in keanu reeves and just had him play this real shit piece
1: and the thing i like i mean also it's keanu reeves who has like a public reputation for kindness uh humility um I, I think of Keanu Reeves as sort of the the anti-Bill Murray, because I hate Bill Murray. I think he's <laughs> a an arrogant old man who just thinks that the sun shines out of his asshole and his shit smells like raspberries and cinnamon. Now that bit is true.
0: Bill Murray's smells like
1: raspberries and
0: cinnamon? Raspberries and cinnamon. He exclusively eats raspberries and cinnamon, um, which also is why Spunk tastes a bit like it as well. I have it on good authority. Um, but yeah, they actually tested it in a lab. They had Russian scientists look into it, mostly because they thought that there could be Cold War applications for it. Bill Murray, a little bit quiet about the fact that he was sort of uh, working with the Soviets on that. But um no, they, they eventually released the public findings when um, there was sort of a, uh, an amnesty on Hollywood celebrities, specifically Ghostbusters actors who were working with the Soviets. Rick Moranis, of course, helped them develop a dirty bomb.
1: I heard something about Annie Potts as well, actually.
0: Oh, absolutely. Annie Potts and Sigourney Weaver. Well, Sigourney Weaver actually headed up the USSR's chemical warfare division. Like, she was a chief researcher. And and people, again, they keep it on the down low. They don't talk about it. Always forgiven. Obviously, Sigourney had valuable expertise in that field, which is why America um, sought not to convict and did, in fact, um, have her working afterwards for the CIA. Sort of black ops kind of stuff. Actually, as a field agent, I hear, because she knows how to kill a man in 57 different ways. Hot. It's very hot like Oof. 40 of the ways are
1: sexual good good she, she can do any of them to me what a way to go and what a way to come <laughs> Uh sorry I, I i i've recently been thinking about like how like this, this this appeared to be a james cameron thing james cameron for a for like a split second he was really into like the the action mom as a as a trope yeah, um, in aliens and terminator 2 especially and i i can't help but feel like sarah connor and ellen ripley specifically in the sequels probably awakened something in a lot of people possibly possibly
0: yeah i think like the tough sort of no nonsense take charge mom figure did awaken a lot i think it helped sort of pave the way for angela white to have a career and and was, of course, very influential. And these days, both Terminator 2 and Aliens would be put on blast for being woke, quote-unquote woke, by the alt-right mob. Oh, God, they really were. But, of course, they've been grandfathered, or should I say grandmothered, in because they grew up with those films and have been able to divorce the context, or, in some cases... You know, there's that famous quote from one of the grifters, oh, I bet you think Robocop's political. A lot of them have just (laughs) erased the politics, the social commentary from these films altogether.
1: Star Wars isn't political.
0: Yeah. I think for a lot of people, uh, well, a lot of people on that side uh, of the, uh, the political fence, to them, aliens is just aliens, like the xenomorphs. It's just big monsters getting shot. In fact, I think, like, we look at some of the video games, many of the video games that came out after Aliens, and a lot of people, I think, missed what the point of it was, because so many video games are marines going oorah and gunning down xenomorphs by the hundreds, when, of course, the point of Aliens is it spends, like, 20 minutes building up these colonial marines as, uh, you know... Wise cracking, big dick energy, gun
1: toting. There's the shot, like the very famous shot, where Vasquez, the best marine, she's got that enormous gun and she's holding it at crotch level. Oh yeah, the smart it's gun. It's not it has, subtle. It's
0: massive. It's like Keanu Dick Energy. Like Unreal. the smart gun. But yeah, like it builds all of these marines up. And then. In the very first encounter with the Xenomorphs, half of them get munched. Half yeah. of them get fucking mulled. The moment they can't use their guns, and the moment they get jumped following that sort of restriction, they can't do anything. Because all they had were their penis substitutes. All they had were their guns. And they spend the rest of the film panicking. The, the most testosterone-oozing... Of the Marines, Hudson, uh, you know, Bill Paxton. I thought he was Hicks. No, no, Hicks is uh, Michael Bean. Okay. Yeah, because Sergeant O'Pone says, secure that shit, Hudson. So yeah, Bill Paxton, he's the biggest talker at the beginning of the film. He's the one who does the famous line about, you know, the electronic supersonic, ball breakers or whatever it was like he's listing all the guns and all the shit they can do and he just keeps talking about how he's gonna you know shoot this shoot that and then he spends the rest of the film crying like everyone quotes that game over man quote and again i think in a nod to sort of like losing context over the years i think a lot of people forget that that quote wasn't cool in the film his voice breaks when he says it He's like, game over, man! Game over! Like, he's on the verge of tears. I think he is crying. Well, yeah. He spends most of the film, like, broken. And they make the point that Newt, the little girl, she survived this shit, and she is handling everything better than these big, tough, grown, macho men. And a lot of that gets lost these days. Another interesting point is predator is the same. The first predator, I've talked about this before, possibly on Podquisition. But growing up and and even now, like I've always favoured the xenomorphs over the the yautja. Uh, is that what the they call the yautja? I think it's it, the yautja. The I know I know there's a Y. They I do have a name.
1: Predator.
0: I bet I got it wrong, and I was trying to show off, and now I'll sound like a right
1: dick. Uh, let's see the Predator franchise. Begin with Predator, Predator, Predator. Pred- Yau, Yow, yaucha, yaucha. I was close. The Predator, also known as Yaucha, is the brestular extraterrestrial species featured in the Predator and Alien versus Predator science fiction franchises. The Hunter Beyond the, the Stars. Blah, blah blah blah. I don't know. I just I. There's one of them in Mortal Kombat That one time.
0: That is true. But yeah. Growing up, Predator was fine. Like, the first movie, it was fine. But I watched it a few years ago and gained a new appreciation for it because it's the same as Aliens. It establishes all of these, like, soldiers going into the jungle to shoot shit and they're all talking trash and sounding cool or utterly homophobic. Um, You've got Jesse Ventura, you've got Arnold, you know, you've got all these big tough guys. And then The Predator systematically robs them of their testicles just the masculinity is carved away from them for the whole film and looking back it's got a very similar if not the same message that aliens had or you know aliens had several themes but one of those themes was that like yeah these army boys like these literal boys playing army men the moment something they don't understand happens, the moment they can't just shoot their gun and have the problem go away, they can't handle it. They are nothing. And these days, a film trying to tell that story would be pilloried by, yeah. you know, the Shapiros of the world, all the alt-right YouTubers and that. They'd go, "Predators gone woke. Which, actually, they already did that, didn't they? Because that new Prey, Predator came told- out. Prey, and it starts. It dared to star a woman. And she wasn't white either. She wasn't white. Yeah, it was a twofer for those fucking grifters. Jesus Christ. There is no way they wouldn't call aliens woke if they hadn't grown up with it and been conditioned to accept it like as a film that existed before so-called wokeism happened. I think, honestly, the grandfathering... Oh, should I say grandmothering ...of what? aliens and Predator, and indeed like all of Verhoeven's work, I think it really does show the flimsiness of that viewpoint of, of the anti-woke mob that they don't know what they're talking about.
1: I'll tell you what we should do. Well, what should we do about it? We should get them all of those right-wing grifters, right? We should show them all. There's a scene that can very readily be found where, uh, Kira Noir, a black woman, a fairly athletic black woman, tops Angela White. (laughs) It's quality work. Mm, mm. It's quality work. And I think that if we got all of the alt-right grifters to complain about that one scene... Has porn gone woke?
0: Has porn gone woke? That might be the title of uh, this installment of the Trash Girl Diaries.
1: Has porn porn gone
0: woke? woke. (laughs) Sometimes porn shows a woman coming, which Ben Shapiro has already told us doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when WAP was a thing? Like, we talk about, like, media, like, we've talked about specifically games, but you talk about media that causes a massive stir, and then just all of the controversy and all of the offense it might have caused just disappears. Like, it was all just inconsequential.
1: Yeah, like, there are so many flashes in a pan, because... Yeah, yeah. The the content machine moves at the speed of sound. Wap, wet ass pussy. I love that song. I it, love it is that a, actually song. it is a delight. But
0: yeah, like that was the thing that made uh, Ben Shapiro confess that uh, whenever he's fucking his wife, he goes in dry because he can't get a wet. Um, <laughs> he denied the existence of of wet pussies, which is funny because he could just look in the mirror for that. <laughs> um, there we are actual joke for the show Um, (laughs) listeners can uh, take that home with them. Uh, A little free gift from the Trash Girl Diaries desk to your home.
1: Wrap it up in a little cloth like a little kerchief. Fold it up nice and Mm -hmm. put it under your pillow as you sleep.
0: Lovely stuff.
1: It's, it it is a joke. A joke.
0: That's just yours to keep, listener. Aren't you lucky? God, I'm so jealous of you. I wish I could be a fan of this show.
1: But I hate myself. I am a fan of this show. I fucking listen to this a lot. <laughs> I do. I listen to past episodes quite a bit.
0: I have listened back, and I often don't listen to my own podcasts, because I uh, I just don't. But I do. I have listened back to every single one of these ones that we've done, because it's
1: quite a nice little show, really, when you think about it. It is nice. It's so, all right. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasant show. It is. I think, I think, I think we make a good product. I think that we. I did. think
0: we do. We, we put out a quality product. A wet ass product is what we put out. And it's only going to get
1: wetter and asser from here.
0: Oh, absolutely! My god, Megan the Stallion wants to have sex. Yeah, it's true, she does. I love her music videos. They're very fun to watch if you're on... Um, if you're ever on... there's like, just a, a, a little tip from Steph to the listeners. Um, if you're ever on LSD, uh, Megan Thee Stallion
1: videos. Very entertaining. I'll keep that in mind. The only video I've seen of hers is the bit of ad work she did for Mortal Kombat. Mm. Because she dressed up like Molina.
0: Oh yeah, and she sang Wet Ass Fatality. God, I wish.
1: The makeup that gave her Melina's like snaggly teeth was very, very good. And here is a secret about Megan the Stallion from me mm-hmm. to you. I'd do her.
0: <gasps> like like sexually. And I would sexually. do her
1: all the way. I would do the sex oh, she'd, with her. She'd love
0: that. She'd be made up with that.
1: I think she that's... would, because that seems to be a like a lot of her I think you've mentioned this before. Yes. um, Well, I talked
0: about it on Boston's Favourite Son. How angry Uh, she is that she's
1: not having sex
0: at any given moment. That seems to be the theme of, like, I've listened to a few of her songs, and granted, it was while I was on acid, but what I picked up from her discography, or dickography, as twere, she wants sex, and he's furious that she's not getting it in that moment that's the theme of her entire musical library she is angry every second of every day that she ain't getting raw
1: fucking honestly it's relatable yeah I don't understand how she isn't just fucking twenty four hours a day when she looks like that.
0: She might be it's like she might only stop to like record a, a single, and even then she might be getting it. We she might be someone might be like just having a munch on her while she's doing it. We don't know.
1: While she was recording the the body yaddy 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 song, <laughs> she, she could have been getting it right up her.
0: Absolutely. In any hole except I guess the mouth because she. She'd need that for doing her songs.
1: You know what? Good for her. Oh, absolutely good for her. Good for her. Good for you, Megan the Stallion. Getting it right up you, probably whenever you want.
0: Whenever you want. Megan the Stallion could have sex whenever she wants. Whenever she wants. Which only makes the rage about not getting fucked all the more tragic because. Again, like we we given you all the sh- the showbiz goss here on uh, Trash Girl Diaries, oh, yes. but the only person on the planet who doesn't know that Megan the Stallion could fuck whenever she wants is Megan the Stallion. She doesn't know. She wakes up in the morning and there isn't a fist up
1: her, and yep. she's furious. She's like, "Where's my fist?" There's probably a pile of exhausted humans just right next to the bed and also like on it, like sort of, sort of sloughing onto it like that, um, like that one wave, of, the tidal wave of corpses from that one bit of blasphemous. <laughs> Do you remember blasphemous?
0: Well, I've been thinking about blasphemous a lot actually, because I've been playing Lords of the Fallen. Lords of the Fallen is uh, a Dark Souls copy like it's not even a souls like it's a dark souls copy tm basically has nothing to do with the original lords of the fallen it's it's related to lords of the fallen in the same way that troll 2 is related to troll in that it's not (coughs) and it is one of the most dark souls souls likes ever which is saying a lot considering how dark souls a lot of souls likes are but stylistically tonally they have just lifted Dark Souls. To its credit, actually, because it does a really good... It's a really good forgery. But one of the things that stood out to me playing Lords of the Fallen, aside from how fucking annoying it is, like, it was designed by dicks. Like, actual jerkpods. I'm convinced.
1: The kind of people who seem to think that the entire point of Dark Souls is that it's hard.
0: They learned the wrong lessons.
1: So if it's difficult to do it, that, like, difficult equals good. Setting aside for a moment that all 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 fucking, all the fucking yeah. NES games that are fucking impossible because they're shit.
0: 50% of the enemies in Lords of the Fallen shoot stuff. Several levels take place on thin platforms and oh. many enemies have a powerful shove move with really, like, aggressive poise. So they can just shove through your combos, and they hide around corners constantly. Like, I have this problem with Lies of P as well, where these souls-likes played, like, the first ten minutes of Dark Souls and thought, Oh, the ambushing stuff is neat. Let's do that constantly. To the point where you roll your eyes after half an hour, because every corner has something hiding round it. Oh, hello, um,
1: Code Vane. You're standing there you right go. there, aren't you?
0: Lords of the Fallen is lousy with that, and there are so many enemies that have this awful shove move that pushes you back about 500 yards right off of the sides of ledges. Um, But that's neither here nor there. I talked about that a fair bit on Podquisition. The point I'm bringing up is Whoever did the art design on Lords of the Fallen fucking loves Blasphemous. Good. There are so many, like, pointy helmet masks covered in thorns. (laughs) Like, I fucking love it. It is... It took so much... And I'm convinced they must have got
1: it from Blasphemous. Um, I mean, that's kind of a narrow... Like there's only really so many places you could get a conical hat covered in thorns,
0: yeah, um, and it it extends to so much like there are there's an entire suite of weapons that are covered in thorns and like essentially barbed wire. My current weapon that I'm using in it actually is a hammer, the head of which is covered in spikes, the handle of which is covered in spikes. Mick Foley appreciates
1: that, I'm sure,
0: oh absolutely. I think it's called like the Hammer of Holy Anguish or something, or Holy Agony, and it's one of several weapons that are just wrapped in barbed wire, designed to make the wielder bleed as much as the opponent. Luckily it doesn't have a a gameplay reflection, which I wouldn't have put past these fucking devs. But yeah, there are multiple pointy mask helmets covered in wiry spikes, all sorts of self-flagellation going on. There's a, an, an enemy type that just, they wear a giant, eyeless, mouthless dome on their heads, covered in spikes, which they use to, like, just headbutt the ground and smash you. They intermittently stop mid-battle to just start scourging their own backs with a flail.
1: So it's S&M Mysterio?
0: Yes, s and Mysterio. Mysterio? Mysteriosochism There's no way we're going to make it work Elsa I
1: Yeah I just need to let it
0: die I... Quick Qu- oh, See now I'm stuck on it
1: <sighs> Mysterio- Quentin
0: you'll be at my Beck and call you worm Fuck it why not why not why just, not just, just, um just just but cut, yeah. let's <laughs> just take let's just take the fucking l on that one Take I, the, I, massive, the massive fucking l jesus um, christ
1: bigger than john wick's dick
0: <laughs> lords of the fallen has that blasphemous energy like because that was one of the best things about blasphemous was the overwrought focus on penitence and martyrdom and and Taking all this, like, the most masochistic elements of religious iconography and going to fucking town with it. And Lords of the Fallen, if if you'd have told me that Lords of the Fallen took place in the blasphemous universe, I could believe it. Damn, that actually makes me kind of want to play it a little bit. (laughs) I love it. It's doing a lot right. It's got real co-op. Sadly, the matchmaking seems a bit fucked, but when it works, it's not like Dark Soulsy co-op. They don't disappear after a boss. You can go everywhere together. Which is great, because some of the map design's fucking atrocious, and uh, it's fun to call in a co-op player who will just, like, lead you around. That does sound nice. It really is nice when it works. The visual design, like I said, fucking adore it. I adore the aesthetic. Uh the combat is solid. Like in terms of, of like I said, it's a it's a really good forgery of Dark Souls. Play so similar, but with this Soul Reaver style dual world mechanic that is quite well implemented.
1: Hmm. Soul Reaver, wow, that's a fucking deep cut.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, the game does itself no favours by just being full of ambushes and taking those lessons, those wrong lessons from Dark Souls. The amount of times it surprised me with a boss fight, I've never been surprised by boss fights this much. It's so easy to wander into a boss arena without knowing, which is really annoying because when you're in the dead world, the umbral world, you're essentially on a time limit. Because it gets more and more dangerous until you just get munched. While you're being pelted by projectiles, <laughs> you're running and running through gauntlets sometimes and then suddenly stumble onto a boss after you've just had the shit kicked out of you. So that can be really fucking annoying. You
1: know what that reminds me of? Mm. I almost feel like that's a catchphrase for me. Do you know what that reminds me of?
0: You know, that I, say reminds that... me
1: of. I say that so fucking often. It reminds me of two things. One, what they should have been taking lessons from is Bloodborne, the best video game. The best video game to you. The yet. best video game. And anyone who disagrees can fight me. Anyone
0: Bloodborne. who disagrees has been helping Soviet scientists.
1: And I just I just wonder why those people hate freedom.
0: They were part of Bill Murray's crack
1: troops. <laughs> Bloodborne telegraphs its boss fights. And that's yes. a good thing. Like it's always it, a good thing. Yes, there's usually a great big fuck off archway. <laughs> the like there's a hallway, and then when the hallway will suddenly expands into something fucking enormous.
0: Yes, that's how you know. It's aided by the fact that, like many good souls likes, they're evenly paced. That's yep. something else. Lords of the Fallen like struggles with. There can be moments where you fight a boss, you finally fucking defeat the arsehole. You explore for all of five minutes before you've stumbled on another one. And Lords of the Fallen has a gorgeous world with beautiful environments that I want to explore, but I'm forever stumbling into boss fights. It took me about 10-12 hours before I got to this big manse that is fully explorable, and it takes a while to find a boss and it's really good. But Bloodborne, like you said, telegraphed bosses really well
1: and paced them really well. Another thing it reminds me of I would call this like uh the rare but not unique blemish on the pacing of Final Fantasy X. I don't know if you have much of a memory for Final Fantasy X, but um <laughs>
0: I don't care what anyone says, by the way. You get people retroactively defending it now by saying, oh, it's supposed to be goofy and awkward. Yeah, it's also supposed to be charming and it's not. It is stupid.
1: We're going to have to agree to disagree on that one because I thought it was it's, cute. It's, it's, it's awkward and embarrassing. And I think that it's cute when Titus makes an ass of himself. He spends most of the game doing that because he's stupid as hell. <laughs> Uh, but um, I do
0: like Final Fantasy X. I thought I didn't when I first played it back in the day. I thought I wasn't enjoying it, and it's only looking back that I was like, "That's a fucking good game."
1: Final Fantasy X was actually my first Final Fantasy. Oh, I know, right? That's a that's a that's a hell of a one to start with. <laughs> it really is. It's quite a quite an introduction. Hey, look, I, I I've met people whose first Final Fantasy game was thirteen, so. I think I'm doing
0: uh, better than that. Another one. Another one that, like, at the time, I was a pariah for saying that it was shit. And I know I'm, I'm still on, uh, in your bad books for it, um, but you still wow. send me death threats. They're friendlier oh, yeah. now than they used to be, but you do still threaten to, like, what was the last one you sent me? I'm going to cut your fucking tits off
1: no i think what i said no that was uh that was actually uh the second to most recent one i did i think this oh, time yeah, i said yeah. i was just going to crucify you yes that was it yes I was, I'm, I'm gonna crucify you on the weird sort of logo that they gave to lightning returns that's gonna be the, <laughs> the thing i i used to to crucify you oh
0: like, like when they uh strapped stone cold steve austin to the old undertaker logo
1: yes and it's not it's oh, totally yes. not across, not not at all. They didn't
0: totally not. Oh god, we can play the old uh, like the old school Undertaker ministry theme. Oh, that would be dope the one as that's fuck. like.
1: Oh. Does that mean I get to wear that
0: sick ass coat? You you got to wear that big ass coat with fuck that yeah. wet ass pussy.
1: I fucking love that coat. That coat is dope as hell. But yes.
0: Ministry Undertaker was fucking awesome.
1: The reason I brought up Final Fantasy X though. Yes. Because uh, at the end of Mount Gagazet, You know when you get to the top of Mount Gagazat. There's actually this. Mount Gargamel. Yes. That. Mount. Kill all the Smurfs. Mm Mm-hmm. You get like this one, two, three gauntlet of boss fights. Just apropos of nothing. You start Mount Gagazet. With a fight in which you are forced to use the character that they had to have known if no one was using, fucking Kimari.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I wasn't using him. Was
1: I, fucking I mean, pointless. I tried to like make use of him throughout my playthrough because I knew what was coming, and the best I could think of to fucking do was to. I think I, I, I think I ended up teaching him steal. Uh, stealing Hughes, and then just putting him down the same path as Titus so that he could be fast, but fucking, it, it, it didn't, it doesn't matter. So at the bottom of the mountain, you fight his two bullies. At the top of the mountain, you get a three-minute cutscene followed by the hardest fight in the game so far with fucking Seymour and his weird, like, it, Seymour 3. Seymour with a vengeance.
0: Um, I liked the design of that one. So did I.
1: Like, it it looked cool.
0: And I liked when he's like, your hope ends here and your meaningless existence is with it. Because I didn't like Seymour's voice actor for a lot of the game. Because he just sounded so weird. He had no strength in his voice.
1: He sounded like Terrence Stamp.
0: <laughs> it was an odd voice. It was, It was high, but not with any threat or creepiness or or likability or or none of what I just said there really describes how I feel about his voice. It just didn't work for me, but that moment when he just starts like when he just screams that their meaningless existences are gonna end, the delivery on that line stuck with me um fucking great hard fucking basta
1: yeah, it was fucking tough and then. Like, not long after that, like, you were talking about Lords of the Fallen, you know, having a little bit of a, a jaunt and then another fucking boss fight. Like, you, I think you go into the Mountain Cave, and the Sanctuary Guardian is not... not too far from that. And I think it actually is called the Sanctuary Guardian, like the fucking one from uh, Dark Souls. yeah. Yeah, I got uh. confused
0: then. I was like, what game are we talking about? Because I instantly thought of the, the Manticore.
1: And and the fact that there are Manticores in Final wow. Fantasy X doesn't help. Mm-mm. Those were the first enemies, like, just mundane enemies in the game that really fucked with me in terms of gameplay, but um, the thing... Yeah, like... the The whole, like, boss fight, boss fight, boss fight, like, long stretch of nothing, that... That like that's my sort of go to when I think about that is having to fight Seymour Flux is what it's called, mm. and then a little walk around in a cave, and then the... I guess there was that weird puzzle section where you have to like open up the three passageways or whatever the fuck I don't. It's been yeah. it, it probably I probably played Final Fantasy X more recently than you have, but but it's still been a couple years. Yeah. Also, the the unskippable cutscenes before really difficult boss fights is not something that that game does once. Mm. It does it at least three, four times. No time for it. Literally no time for it. Yeah, no. Just... (sighs) But anyway. As we we wind down...
0: As we start to wrap up the Spider-Man special of the Trash Gold Iris.
1: Yes, the Spider-Man special... Regarding whether porn has gone woke. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is I think Angela White's... A lot of Angela White's work could 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 be described that way. They're the modern feminist works. It's true. Also, you know, she had, like, a thesis published in a... a like, a university guide, I think? Mm. The Routledge Guide to, like, Sex and Sexuality. I think it's... I think that's what it's fucking called. I don't remember off top. But the point is... Angela White is very attractive.
0: I think that's that's been the the point of today's Spider-Man special. God, I'd love to buy Angela White a promise ring.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh. Um
0: so yeah, I actually do have to to shoot off soon because I've got a I'm currently looking at the final draft copy of my Sonic Superstars review. Oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna post that and, and then stay off the internet it
1: it's like you're lighting a powder keg you just you just you 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 set the match down and then you just right. fucking leg it
0: i actually like it but i haven't checked to see like whether this is one of the ones that the sonic fandom has decided is bad
1: oh jesus
0: cuz let me tell you i speak from experience they they get just as angry at me when i like a sonic game cuz we never see eye to eye so typically i don't when i don't like a game they love it and they get angry with me if i like a game they get angry with me um because they've decided they don't
1: tell them to get angry with me because i don't think there's been a good sonic game since sonic cd
0: well i mean that's part of what makes sonic superstars good is because it's uh, it's got modern visuals but it could have been it's more sonic 4 than the actual sonic 4
1: oh well i mean yeah. it's
0: super Super straightforward, simple, proper old school. Like, even more than Sonic Mania, which had a lot of sort of remixy y uh, elements and still played with the formula quite a bit. Whereas Sonic Superstars really is just... Do you want another one? Like, do you want another Mega Drive game? Here you go. Suck down your slop. Yeah, except for the boss fights.
1: Before we go, I will just say, like, this is another uh, thing that you were right about. This was something you said during the escapist days on, on the Jimquisition, when you said that the best formula for a Sonic game is, here's Sonic, he runs fast a bit, he goes around a loop the loop he fights the fat man at the end. Job's
0: a gooden. Job's a gooden. I'm actually considering doing a Jimquisition uh, this coming Monday, as we record, uh, about Sonic again and my age-old complaint that they constantly reinvent the wheel with every fucking game, and that maybe Sonic wouldn't have had such inconsistent fucking releases where some are decent and the rest are all dog shit if they'd have spent some time just iterating on one of the promising ideas that the series has had. Sonic Lost World could have led to really good Sonic games if they'd have kept it in the oven, if they'd have iterated, but they didn't. Sonic Mania, one of the most beloved Sonic games of all time, never got a follow up. Sonic Generations, that one was fucking great, never saw another one. Cause then they, it's always gotta be some other bullshit round the corner. Warehogs open world crimes. Um so I might do a video on that, we'll see. We will see. But for now, jobs are good. Jobs are good, and is there anything you'd like to uh, let the listener know about with regards to your own business?
1: Mm, No, except, you know, in in regards to business, I think I may actually need to do a shit before I go to work, and I want you to know. Yeah, I'm going to have a good odd think about that. Yeah, just just think about me sat on the toilet, probably playing Donkey Kong Country 3 on my Switch.
0: That face is just slaloming out yep. of your anus, dilated, of course, of course, to to an acceptable degree. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, listeners.
1: Ta ta.